Hello and welcome to Womb Room. I'm your host, Lakshmi Wilson, bringing you real women's stories of recurrent loss and infertility on the road to baby. Oh, hey guys, welcome to this little bonus episode. Probably not the most professional way to do it, but I just, when I was speaking to Jen, the episode that I released earlier this week, so Jen talked about her journey, which involved many years of trying with IVF and then eventually going down the surrogacy path before falling pregnant herself, which she had a miscarriage and then went on to fall pregnant again naturally. Her story was really incredible, but Jen is also a fertility coach and I did speak to her after we kind of wrapped up her story. We kind of got a bit more in depth into some of her tips and tricks around coaching (laughs) and kind of some of the knowledge that she imparts on her clients. And I just like really didn't want to cut that completely out of the episode and it just was going to be too long to leave it in. So I've just kind of tacked it on as this bonus episode. So bear with me, the start of it is going to just kind of jump out of nowhere. It's not going to have like a new lead in intro of like me saying hi to Jen or anything like that. So hopefully you've listened to Wednesday's episode, the episode before this first, before listening to this one, and then you'll kind of be very ready to just dive straight back into Jen's story. So yeah, this is literally just going to start with her kind of answering a question uh, midway from the last interview, but which flows on to her discussing more of her coaching work. So yeah, there's some really nice little tips in here. So I hope you guys get something out of it as always. And I'm also really sorry that I didn't do the fertility check-in this Thursday on Instagram. I feel so bad about it. Everything just got really on top of me this week, but we'll be back on track next week. So thank you guys for being here. Here we go. The rest of Jen's episode starting now. My big message is that it doesn't matter how you get there, you know, like it is, it's the picture in the end, but it does have a big impact on your emotional state you know it does have an impact on you know what you I guess it's had a huge impact on me on on the life that I'm living right now I never would have become a fertility coach if I hadn't walked through that you know Mm. like it provides us with so much you know so many learning opportunities but I mean when you're going through it it's not helpful everyone's kind of like oh but imagine what all of the things that you can learn and how strong you're getting and I don't care about that you know I just want a damn baby (laughs) At what point did that click over for you from like being in a place of trauma after going through your massive journey to going, hang on, I can turn this into something positive and productive and create something that I wished I had been supported with? I think it was, you know, the the real light bulb moment was when I started writing my book. And that was when I was able to see it as not a story of shame or pain which it was all of those things but Mm -hmm. also I was able to see the strength and the resilience and the lighter moments and and all of that you know and and I was able to see all of the things that I could have done better and that I did wrong and you know there were so many lessons that I learned and I put them all in the back of the book you know I just I wanted to this is what I learned you know and I wish that I had been able to speak to someone who had been through 
Mm. All of the shit that I had been through and was able to prepare me a little bit. You talked before a bit about one of the things that you help women with now is kind of those feelings of stress and not being able to relax and obviously no one can try without trying and no one can just stop thinking about it but you mentioned some practical steps what things do you encourage that women do when they're feeling super stressed either being pregnant after loss or trying for a long time or trying after loss I think that the big thing that we all do is that we overcomplicate absolutely everything and I don't know about you, but I was, I used to be all or nothing. So you're just kind of like, okay, if I'm going to try to do this, I need to do all of the things. So then you're like, okay, I'm going to practice gratitude and I'm going to journal and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to walk in nature and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, and then I'm going to do the acupuncture and then I'm going to take the supplements and we overcomplicate all of these different things, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to feel hopeful, you know? And so we then, we put everything into it and then it doesn't work. And we're like, what was the point of that? And so then we do nothing. So one of the big things I see is it's this inconsistency, you know, and I think that the best way to be able to handle all of the bumps in the road that are going to come up is to create a couple of little habits that you do, a couple of little things that that you know that if you do this today, you're going to be in a better place. And I always look at energy and, you know, not in terms of like how much energy I need to go for a run, it's, but it's like this emotional energy. How much energy do I have right now? And what are three things that I need to do every single day to make sure that energy level is is okay so that when I find the the ninth pregnancy announcement on my social Mm. media feed for the day it doesn't end with me you know in my case you know a tub of peanut butter and chocolate ice cream and a bottle of wine Mm. so it's about creating like a simple structure around you you know as I said I like structure you know but it is about working out what are the three things that you need to do each day in order to maintain that energy and that resilience and scrapping the rest. You know, mm. I think that, as I said, we overcomplicate everything and we try to do everything all at once. And we do that with our pregnancy as well. You know, we finally get pregnant and then all of a sudden we ramp it up. You know, we, we hit the gas pedal. We're just kind of like, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this, you know, and same with our fertility journey. We mm. put the, the you know, our foot on the accelerator all of the time. And then we have these impossible expectations of ourselves. So this is about slowing down, lowering the expectations and choosing three things that you can do regularly that will, you know, keep you focused. And could that just be as simple as like uh, breathing techniques for 20 minutes or, you know, reading a chapter of a book or getting some sunshine, just simple things that we can easily implement? Yeah, absolutely. I I swear by a morning routine and I know that it sounds stupid. You're just kind of like, how can a morning routine help you? And and it includes three things every single day, you know, that I do first thing in the morning before I do anything else. And it is movement. So whether, you know, whether it's going for a run or just doing five minutes of yoga or stretching of a morning. So mindset, uh, so movement, mindset. So then it might be 
reading five minutes from a chapter of a book or listening mm-hmm. to a bit of a podcast or something like that and um, a healthy breakfast. So making sure that, you know, you're putting some fuel into your body. And for me, those three things, I know if I haven't done it because I'm, you know, I'm cranky, you know, I'm just not getting the most out of my day. So it could be as simple as that. I think that we think that it has to be big and monumental, you know. Mm. Oh, I have to do, I have to meditate for 30 minutes. You don't have to meditate for 30 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Like anyone who could do that, it has like up there in my books but you know it could be five minutes five or ten minutes I think sometimes it's the decision you know mm-hmm. it's just that decision of I am going to do something just for me for me right now I'm going to take five minutes and as you said do some breathing and that it's not just the technique but it's the actual decision that says you know I'm, I'm worthy of five minutes of breathing and that's okay The thing I really like as well about the things you've said, and it's something I've seen you speak about before a bit, is like you lose your identity so much on this journey and those things are all not related to trying for a baby. Like, yeah, they might help along the way by creating certain environments around you, your body, but they're just things that are, you know, trying to, I guess, connect you back with yourself as well, which is such a big thing. And you must see that so much with women you work with that you do, you can't help but lose a lot of your, and and it's hard as well, because you do, you're like, well, can I go have drinks with friends? Like, should I be drinking in my two week wait? Should I be going to a spa and being in a hot sauna? Like, So you do feel a bit restricted in that way too of like, well, I can't just be myself as if this other part of the journey isn't happening. But all those things you said are so nice because it's like they're they're not sitting on a forum first thing in the morning and, you know, reading about and looking at other people's pictures of pregnancy tests that they've posted, which is how I used to always start my day and what I do under the desk at work when I wasn't with customers. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, it it feels like a full-time job to be trying to conceive. It's not, but you can't help mm-hmm. not engage with it constantly. And like you said, just making the decision to do something else, I think would be massive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we do lose our identity. I think, you know, one of the biggest struggles also is that we try to get back to the person that we were before this journey. And the reality is that that she doesn't exist and we need to keep on reinventing ourselves. And for a lot of us, this is the first thing that, that kind of changes the way that we think and the way that we process things. And this is that probably our first experience of real grief that keeps on happening over and over and over again every single month. So mm. it is about recreating your relationships and recreating yourself and giving yourself permission and deciding that it isn't that you you know like have to have to go out with some friends who are really insensitive but you get to choose you know whether you do that or not and I think a lot of the time we do see that it strips so much from us and, and our identity is one of them but it is something that we get to choose you know who it makes us in the process as well, which is a really hard thing to be able to do when, you know, it's hard to change your mindset from that. This has taken so much from me and I really just want to get back to my simple life. But, you know, we need to also acknowledge that we're going to grow and evolve anyway. You know, you just look at the last two years and, that you know, I think that we've all learned a whole lot of stuff from the grief that we've been going through just with everything that's happening in the outside world. You know, like Mm -hmm. it is a a 
period of growth and change. And a lot of other people don't get to experience that through infertility, yeah. you know, but the rest of the world is experiencing exactly what we experience in infertility. It is that, you know, the fear, the unknown, the uncertainty, the grief, all of those things rolled into one. So, you know, what's happening around the world, it's kind of giving people a taste of this is what infertility feels like. Yeah, I think we all know, you know, adversity is the great propeller of change, but it is very hard to feel that. And yeah, it's something I think a lot of us have in hindsight. So it's, yeah, it is worth exploring that when you're in it for sure. Did have a question that just came into my mind. I was speaking to a listener recently who was struggling with her grief after having a miscarriage like most of the women listening to this podcast and she was you know hoping I could have someone on eventually to talk more specifically about grief but I wondered if that was something that you work with women with and like what do you suggest yeah with those even practical things around grief how how can women help themselves when they're in that really deep abyss after having a miscarriage Mm, yeah I think our normal reaction after we have a miscarriage or even a failed IVF cycle, because that is all grief, is to shut down and to get on with life. But I have learned in my experience that how, you know, how tightly you shut that door, it doesn't work. The best way to be able to work our way through grief because it doesn't it doesn't go away and it, and you don't get over it you don't get over a miscarriage you walk through it the best way to be able to do that is to number one acknowledge it number two feel it which is really hard you know no one wants to feel to feel that an exercise that I do with a lot of my clients is we we um, we create this bubble of misery which doesn't sound very nice at all but it's basically a period of time and I think it's sometimes it's easier to be able to feel the grief when we put a time limit on it and so we create this this bubble of misery and it could be over a weekend and in that time, you're able to feel shitty, you're able to feel angry, you journal, like grab out your journal, feel it all, watch sad movies, eat chocolate ice cream, just really sink into the, you know, the sadness and the grief and the anger and all of those different emotions that you're feeling, like actually feel it, set aside some time for it. And then, you know, I think because when we resist it and we push, we push it down and we push it away, it really does push us back, like mm. it pushes back harder, you know, and it doesn't go away. Whereas when we're when we allow it in to be able to come, and for those of you who are going through grief, I want to let you know that it won't it it won't bury you. I think that we we're scared of feeling the bad emotions because that's how we've been trained growing up. You know, it's always about be positive and hopeful and no one wants to be a negative Nancy and all of those different things so that we have this negative connotation of of sadness. We have this negative negative, you know, connotation of, you know, voicing our, you know, our sadness and things that have gone wrong. But, you know, it really is such an important part of that as well. And you were talking about making space for both. And that's what this bubble of misery does. Mm. It opens up this little portal where you're able to feel it without it, without becoming it. You know, and I think that that's a big thing, you know, separating ourselves up out as well. Like you're not, you're not your thoughts and you are not your feelings. They are something that you can sit with 
without becoming them. So opening up this bubble of misery and allowing yourself some space to just feel really, really shitty for a little bit. Mm. And then once you do that, once you allow it, you would be surprised how quickly it does flow out. And don't get me wrong, it's not going to go away forever. You know, there will be moments, there will be milestones, there will be a pregnancy announcement, there will be things that remind you of that and you'll go back into that grief for a little while. And that's okay as well. I think that we think that there's something wrong with with grieving. And, and I think the complicated thing with this is when we compare it when someone passes away, people know what to say. So, you know, there is a process that is followed. There are certain etiquettes of what you say to people. I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. People don't think that a miscarriage is the same as that. As that. And it, it really is, you know, the mm-hmm. same words that you would tell someone whose father died, you would say to someone who miscarried as well, you know, whereas the support, the support just isn't there. So allowing yourself the time and the space, you know, to allow it to flow, not being scared that it's going to absolutely consume you and swallow mm. you whole, you will not become it. And I think setting those expectations as well of, you know, that, that there should be a time limit. Oh, I should be over it by now. No, no, you get to choose. You know, you get to choose how long you feel this. And, and it might be a matter of allowing yourself you know, a, a day each week or an hour a day. And I know it sounds really weird, but an hour a day to grieve. Mm. Like I think that we need to schedule, like we schedule everything else in. So as someone who is very structured, mm. I like the idea of scheduling in grief where you just sit there, you're sad for a while. You can watch a sad movie. You know, I, I love the sad movies because it means that you're able to, you're not just crying for the for the characters in the cast, like you're crying for yourself and all of these different things, but we can do it in a healthy way. Crying in the shower, you know, crying over a sad song or, you know, I think it's really important that we get it out and then we can you know do something after that to get us out of that mindset so it might be going for a walk in nature after that it might be you know catching up with a girlfriend after that or it might be going to bed and having a sleep after that you know or something like that afterwards so it's about creating the space to be able to do it and then talking about it you know talking about it with people who understand you know I think that we need to be careful of our audience like who do we choose to Mm. share this with because it needs to be someone who is going to say the right things who will just listen who won't say oh it was God's will or everything (laughs) happens for a reason you know because that's just not helpful at all. I felt with my first two miscarriages that I well I felt like I couldn't help but grieve them it didn't even feel like a decision I just it felt as much a task as washing the dishes like I just was in my grief and I couldn't not be but the three after that I almost had this feeling like my quota had been used up you know my grace had been used up and it wasn't super like conscious but I didn't I didn't really grieve those three and yeah it the thing you said about that timeline. And I think that is something that I felt whether it was there or not from society was like, well, you can't be sad again. Like this has happened to you before. What were you expecting? Which is yeah. awful word. Aren't you used to it by yeah, now? Aren't you used yeah. to it? I, you know, why did you, do, you know, these are just like my negative thoughts that probably no one is thinking, but yeah, there is that feeling of like a timeline of, you know, when people might be like, Oh, like, 
oh, you're still upset? Like, what's wrong? You know, and they have a bit of that surprise at you, you know, maybe tearing up at, yeah, at a at a pregnant woman or whatever it is. And I've been in those situations and it, yeah, it's a difficult thing to feel like, you know, we say to people, grieve as long as you need, but it doesn't often feel like that when you're the one grieving. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and we say people grieve as long as you need as long as it doesn't affect me yeah as long as it's in the privacy of your own home don't just start crying in the middle of woolies like (laughs) not cool oh thanks so much thank you oh you're welcome thank you for allowing me to to share it if you have a story to share and you would like to do so on this podcast, please email wombroompodcast at gmail.com with just a brief outline of your story and I'll get back to you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider subscribing so that your content can be delivered to you seamlessly each week and would also love if you could rate and review so that this podcast can reach further afield and get into more hands along those same lines if you have a friend that you feel would benefit from this podcast please share it along 